Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The 11 to 1 show. We may have thousands in the online world, but we don't have many in real life. Followers trump friendship in today's society. More on this on the way. Here's the police in 11 to 1. There's the police. Sinead Brazel here with you. How are you getting on this Monday morning? Hope you're keeping well. 086 1800 658. If you'd like to get in touch with me on the show about anything, anything at all that is on your mind. I am only too delighted to hear from you on the show this morning. Oh my goodness me. I mean, what is going on outside? Oh. I may as well have opened the window here in the studio. That's essentially what's going on. Rain. Thunderstorm warnings. Where is the summer gone? And for parents who are at home trying to work from home with the kids off school, I feel your pain. It is a struggle at the best of times. Except, you know, at least, you know, if it was nice, you could send them out the door. You can't, look, you can't. What are they going to do out there? Do you know what I mean? Drenched, drowned they'd be. If your kids are in front of screens for a chunk of the day, absolutely no judgment from me on a day like that. You know, there's only so many arts and crafts projects or baking you can do. You know what I mean? The rainy day activities list will be dwindling. That is for sure at the end of today. But the real lifesaver for me for this year and every year is the summer camp. What absolute genius of a person created the summer camp. Oh my God, they are just a lifesaver for people. Working hard parents who are like just, you know, at the end of their tether, just Get off to summer camp for half the day. It is fantastic. And that's exactly where my little fella has gone this morning. And it reminded me of all the things that I associate with summer camps. Yeah. You know that feeling of nervousness mixed with excitement when your mother put you on the bus with a whole bunch of strange kids that you didn't know? Will we make friends? Will I absolutely hate it? I don't know. It's a mix of nervous excitement. I don't know what's going on in my little small stomach. Number two, the overenthusiastic camp leader. Oh yeah, you know who they are. And sometimes there's a few of them. Fair play to them. Their peppiness will not waver over the course of this week. It doesn't matter what back cheek 
the kids of today will give them. They are peppy. They are ready for action. They are ready to deal with our snot loads little brats, aren't they? The peppy camp leader. Fantastic. There's always that kid who cries every year, isn't it? You know, it's like the first day of school for them all over again. Maybe they're from the country. They're overwhelmed. They're in a big, bigger school, maybe where the camp is being held. They can't cope with all of it. So they end up crying. There's always that one uh, kid. Number four, the queue for the shop. I know, excitement. What will we get today? A bag of Tato, maybe some Frosties. Flip it. I'm going to get a whole load of jellies with my pennies here. There's always that kid as well who's great at all the activities, isn't there? Oh, look at her. She can run fast. She can play basketball really well. Her team has just won the obstacle course. Of course it has. And to top it all off, she's good at singing. Damn it. You make best friends with someone from a different town. You promise to be BFFs forever, only to actually never see them again. And finally, the kids will come home exhausted at the end of the week, delighted with their fun-filled days at summer camp, only to ask you, what are we going to do next week? Bruno Mars, when I was your man in LMFM's 11 to 1, shout out to the brilliant camp leaders at Green Hills Camp. Just dropped my three off uh, about an hour ago, a few hours now, peace and quiet, says Kira. Yeah, I'm getting another message from Olive about Green Hills summer camp. Uh, hands up to all the summer camps, particularly Green Hills. My son Colin and his wife run it. They work so hard behind the scene and uh, late at night and Saturdays and Sundays, make sure everything runs smoothly. That is run. With such precision, I don't know why the two of them didn't go into the military, Olive. You know what I mean? That, that camp is fantastic. Always well run every single year. Roll on next week, says another one here. Kids at the cool camp can't cope with I'm bored. Oh, I know. The dreaded. Well, do you know what? When they say I'm bored to you, you can say, right, I have a job for you. Go up there and scrub the bathrooms. That'll knock the boredom out of them. Quick, quick smart, won't it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, I feel the pain there as well with the I'm bored and everything else. But fair play, summer camps, where would we be without them? Absolutely brilliant. Now, this caught my attention this morning and I'm quite sad about it, to be honest with you, because it seems that we have more followers than friends in our life. All uh, to do with an interesting survey I came across. I'm going to give you all the details of that. Plus, I've got some music that is guaranteed to give you a little pep in your step now on this drizzly Monday morning. We've got Jazzy giving me on the way. The 11 to 1 show. It's a shockingly wet Monday morning. What could you need to get you in a summer vibe? Well, a song that might transport you to Ibiza. Here's Jazzy giving me. Oh, that's the ticket now. Jazzy giving me, giving us summer vibes here in this wet Monday morning. Now, this caught my attention and I thought, God, this is now. This is not great. And it's very telling of the world that we're living in, where we're kind of, you know, more reliant on the online than the real world. Almost one in ten of us haven't got any friends in real life. So one in ten people have no friends in real life. That is a shocking headline to read. But like, is it that surprising? Maybe it's very sad to think about it, but it's probably not that shocking to us but given everything that we do online everything is online this is research by LifeSearch 
they found that 90% had on average eight friends each. I was counting <laughs> counting up the people that I know going, oh, there eight or more. But I would say that's probably about accurate, you know. Men, typically, you have nine friends. That's it. Nine friends. Women having an average of seven. And then we've kind of, collectively, it's the average is eight. 55% of the 3,000 people surveyed have a best friend with their partner at the top of the pile. So your partner is kind of your best friend. Is that included, though? That's like kind of a given that your partner would be in your friend list I suppose but what are we thinking about this one in ten of us haven't got friends in real life so you might have like thousands of followers or hundreds of followers or whatever it is online but do you actually have real connections now back you know when we were younger we wanted to have all the friends didn't we we had large groups of friends but now when we get to sort of this age middle age and older you sort of know who the people are don't you in your life and you've kind of cut maybe people out of your life for people who've drifted away or you know different things so you kind of have your collective group which is great but I don't like to hear that one in ten haven't got any real friends like in, in real life like that's that's astounding also there's an, an increase in you know the likes of um groups being set up to kind of meet people you know social groups which I think are amazing there's a couple of them around this neck of the woods as well people that want to connect have a real connection go out on sort of you know uh, excursions together meetups hangouts coffees whatever it might be particularly people who are maybe new to an area those kind of things are great but I'm all about that real connection I'm all about the real connection you know even if I don't see my friends in a long time and we are whatsapping a lot we will you know make the effort as much as we possibly can now look it it could be every six months do you know what I mean <laughs> let's be honest life is busy but I think actually now that I'm thinking of it we should make that connection a bit more more than every six months but I'm wondering what you think about this one in ten people haven't got any friends in real life what do you make of that 086 1800 658 there's a script with superheroes I'd say I have a core group of six friends says a message coming in on 086 1800 658 that can expand out to about 12 13 with partners etc but I would definitely have more friends and inverted commas online than real life yeah yeah and like I'd say I probably do as well uh, not surprised Sinead but it's very sad uh, a lot of social activities people used to be involved in gone since Covid yeah that has been the struggle to get some of those things back up and running as well uh, this is a nice one I have the same group of friends uh, five girls besties since school days uh, bar the odd falling out nothing major friends ever since we even go on holidays every year oh that's great that's lovely and yeah and you'd have different friends don't you in the core group from different aspects of your life like I'd have you know one or two mates here obviously then ones from school and kind of childhood friends as well so it's and one or two from college and it's great then when you can have them all in the core group absolutely brilliant now we are going to be talking about pensions because look at a lot of us would love to retire wouldn't we before the age of 60 and we have grand notions about you know sitting I don't know beachside with a cocktail who knows what we'd love to be doing but rarely we put the plans in place for these kinds of lifestyles that we imagine when we retire well Paul Merriman, he's the CEO of Ask Paul Financial Services. He's going to be chatting to us about a comprehensive national pension survey that they conducted and the need for more education around pensions. If you have a question for him, by the way, 086 1800 658, he's going to join us next. The 11 to 1 show. 
49% of us would love to retire before the age of 60, but surprisingly, not many of us are prepared for life after work. Financial experts ask Paul have unveiled the results of a comprehensive national pension survey, which highlights the age we'd love to retire versus how prepared we are to do so. Joining me now to discuss the findings of the survey and to offer us sound financial advice when it comes to planning for retirement is CEO of Ask Paul financial expert Paul Merriman is on the line. How are you getting on, Paul? Good morning, Sean. Great, thanks yourself. Great, thank you so much for joining us. Now, it's surprising in some ways that almost half of the people you surveyed want to retire before 60. I mean, to me, even 60 is quite young to retire. But the reality is for most people, early retirement is probably a pipe dream, is it? Yes, it's definitely a pipe dream for many. I mean, 62% of people in our survey said they're not prepared at all. Um, so it would lead you to believe is that even the other uh, 30-odd percent or 38% uh, may be somewhat prepared but not fully prepared. Um, now, believe it or not, we find when people work with financial planning consultants uh, and have a set plan for the retirement age, usually when they get to 60, they can retire, but they'll continue to work it. So I think what people want is actually the freedom to go when they want to go, rather than having to work at 68 years of age. Uh, there's over 9,000 clients here in their practice, and like I said, it's very few of them that actually go before 60. Mm. Uh, maybe if somebody sells their business, they might. But generally speaking, they have enough money to go, but they continue to work because they like what they do. The kids are growing up, the mortgage is nearly paid, and they're in a much better kind of life decision. I think it's easy when you're, you know, <laughs> if you're in your mid-30s or your 40s, you have a couple of kids and crash fees and mortgages, uh, and you're in the rat race of work and, you know, pick up kids, you know, retirement seems like a dream. But by the time you get there, sometimes people want to put it on the long finger. Um, but I suppose the main thing we're finding with this survey is that people are just number one not prepared or mm. are very confused when it comes to pensions like I, I, I'm in this industry 20 years and the industry still hasn't got the average person to connect with pension plans but do you remember the SSIA is years ago I had an SSIA account where you got government money you know 25% of the top up from the government yes. everyone had one they were yes. very easy to understand you put X in the government gave you Y back um, you know we had an amazing success with those in our industry but yeah for pensions a pension is like an SSIA on steroids the amount of tax relief you can get in a pension is scary it's single handedly the easiest way to build wealth in Ireland is through what's called a pension plan and it's only a savings account that you typically don't access till you're 60 or 50 if you have a company pension plan you can access them from in some cases so I think there's a real lack of knowledge out there in the marketplace and people just don't understand uh, what they are how they work they're fearful of losing them as well a lot of our clients yeah. are going to lose their pension because of what happened the financial crisis with some big celebrity names going into property deals and losing their pensions it's very very difficult and the average pension uh, like a PRSA or a personal pension plan if you're investing in a kind of managed fund with a life company uh, like it, it's, it's almost next to impossible for those to actually lose all their value they will go up and down in value mm. but you know uh, it depends on how they're invested whether in stocks or shares or something uh, less volatile like cash or bonds so uh, yeah I think I, I think, think, I think it, yeah no, you hit the nail completely on the head people say particularly you, you just described my life by the way with the mortgage <laughs> and the childcare fees yeah. and the rat race I mean it's like you're living my life uh, and that's exactly it. At this time in my life, you know, pension, it's kind of almost a, oh, you know, it's one of those, it's like a, a drudgery term. I almost get fearful of it. I don't know what yeah. it means. I don't know what to be doing with it. And it is, it's push it off, push it off, push it off. But like you said there, you know, we do have an incentive now. Most employees through the government incentive, they've kind of, we have to supply a work-related pension now at this stage. Uh, so most people will have some form of a pension. Even if you have that, is that the starting stepping stone, I suppose? Yeah. So every employer in the country has to offer 
staff access to a pension plan. Mm. You don't have to contribute to it, but you yes. have to have what's called a personal retirement savings account. So if a staff member comes and I want to put a pension plan in place, they have to be able to do it through payroll. Uh, that's a legal requirement. And now, unfortunately, not everybody has what's called a PRSA designation. If you're an employer listening this morning and, and you're getting confused, reach out to us or somebody ASAP to get yourself sorted from a compliance and legislation point of view. Yeah. But, yeah, ultimately speaking, you have to be given access to the pension plan. A pension works in that if you're on the high rate of income tax, typically earning over €40,000 per annum, you're going to get 40% relief. So for every €100 Euro you put in, the revenue gives you back 40 So it only costs you €60 Euro and you're getting €100. Euro. There's no investment scheme in the world that will do that. Like mm. It's actually ridiculous how much money is up for grabs here. Now, if you're lucky enough that you're in a company pension plan, most companies will put money into the company pension plan. They have to legally, if it's a company pension plan. So you'll be putting money in, the company putting money in, and the government will give you tax back. I mean, there's buckets of free money up for grabs there. Now, you mentioned something. Uh, I'm not sure what your age profile is, but most people that are in have that kids and the kinds of that yeah. you mentioned later on are probably in between maybe early 30s and early 40s. It's okay not to worry about the pension for that. It's actually okay if you have a pension plan to take a skip on payments and break it if you want to concentrate on maybe maternity leave or unpaid mm-hmm. leave. So I think that the other thing is people don't realise how flexible pensions are and they don't understand, you know, that it's okay not to have a pension and it's okay to circle back at maybe 45. Because at 45, you've got 20 years and you get to 65. Yeah. You can save a lot of money with tax relief and growth in those 20 years. So I think, like, like what you mentioned earlier on, people automatically feel they're doing something wrong by not having a pension. Yeah. You're better off no more. So even having a pension consultation with somebody and saying, well, what are my options? They give you the options. Maybe you circle back in a year's time or two years' time and then start it. At least you're more financially aware now. And that's what we kind of want to promote on Ask Paul, our Instagram pages. We do free uh, pension consultations this month for to kind of highlight awareness of this. But it's really trying to get people to understand what their options are and learning about pensions. And then, like I said, if it's when the kids stop in the crash fees in two years or three years, then say, yeah, you know what? Then I'm going to put 500 quid into the pension a month. And my tax relief is only 300 euro, maybe, which is 75 quid a week. So it's just trying to break When you it break down it down like that, it is it is very doable because I think my generation, Paul, definitely don't feel prepared at all for retirement. Like we're the post-Celtic Tiger generation. Now, I'm not going to start, you know, playing the world's smallest violin for myself, but, you know, we wouldn't have experienced the headiness of the Celtic Tiger. Most of us were still in education. We were the yeah. ones then who struggled to get employment after, uh, you know, and now, and now we're... So that's why we're sort of like... We're or maybe on the back foot when it comes to pension and saving because you know we've kind of gone from you know economic disaster to cost of living crisis. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No. I look, and no one's talking about the small boy. I know you're right in saying that, but you're but you're 100 right in what you're saying. For that post Celtic Tiger generation, it's so important. But again, it's I think we put so much pressure on people. Like there's a, there, there's I see these on Instagram all the time from what are guys what are saying. If you start in your twenties, you're going to have yeah. Like, who in their 20s is thinking about a pension? I'm, a, I'm an expert, and I know that to talk to clients. Like, it, there's no point. We say this to teachers and nurses all the time. I meet teachers and nurses, and they, they're in the They're obviously uh, civil servants, yeah. etc. They have a really good pension plan. When they get to retirement days, they get X percent of their salaries on the day they die, and it's a really good system. They put in what's called ABCs, additional voluntary contributions. And I meet them, they're in the late 20s, early 30s, and they're still living in their parents' box room, but they yeah. have ABCs of 20 grand. They don't need a 20 grand ABC at 30. They need a deposit for their house. Yeah. <laughs> I think personal finance is so logical, but people overcomplicate it, and they see things online, and they feel inadequate, that we should have my pension plan. You possibly shouldn't. It's okay if you don't, but maybe you should learn a little bit better. So, you know, in five years, to put one in the past into place. Yes. Um, and that's what we're asking people to be, is become a little bit more aware and self-conscious of, yeah, look, I know there's going to be a problem. 
I'm going to educate myself now um, and then I'm going to put something in place. Or else you might have a consultation and you might see that, yeah, 100, 200 a month or add the tax might be 30 quid a week. That will get you up and running and that's sufficient enough for you to, you know, go for the next three or four years and then when the kids stop crashing when you get the promotion of work or you go, whatever, like, there's so many... T- there's so many different there, hurdles obviously. that you can, absolutely. And I have a question coming in for you here and this is about the state pension, which of course, uh, you know, is another aspect that we need to explore. So uh, this person's asking, uh, is the state pension means tested at 66? No, it's not. Everyone's entitled to the state pension, uh, but it will depend on the many stamps you pay. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, you have to be paying over 10 years on average. But there is breakages. Uh, you can, if, if you're a, someone's taking a career break to raise yeah. families, etc., you can't get the exemption. So I'd, I'd, I'd put anyone towards the, so, the local social welfare office to check their stamps and make sure you have. But no, it's not being tested. Everybody gets it. But just on that, it's only about 30 and 3, 30 and 4, 30,000 and a half a year. So much, a lot of yeah. people, a lot of your listeners are probably also going to say, it, like it gets paid between 65 or 68 depending on your years but like I'm 41 for argument's sake mm. by the time I get there it's no way going to be 68 it'd be 70 if not 70 yeah. Yeah. So, but a lot of people also have mortgages going till 70 now so even mm. if you get out at 65 you know it's a state pension loan will probably not even pay your mortgage or rent if you don't have a mortgage you're probably still going to be renting in retirement days which is another disaster for people so, so you're going to have something have to have something on top of the state pension. yeah we can't rely just on that absolutely not no absolutely not so what are the different types of pension available you mentioned some of them there and how do they differ in terms of benefits say and eligibility criteria yeah okay so there's not much difference another thing the industry store is completely complicated this so every, every pension is basically the same it's a savings account you don't touch until you're 60 years of age that's it the tax relief is the same most of them can invest in the same things, stocks, bonds, property, whatever you want to invest in, you can do it through a pension plan. Now, where it comes different is a personal pension is typically used for someone that's self-employed mm-hmm. um, or somebody that hasn't got access and don't want to go through the company. They would use a personal pension or what's called a personal retirement savings account, the PRSA. They can only be touched from 60 years of age in most cases. Now, if you're lucky enough, if you're in a company pension plan, so say all my staff here at Aspol, they all have access to the company pension plan, if they're in the company pension plan, if they leave employment before 50 years of age, they can access that pension plan from 50. And this could be really interesting. So a lot of your listeners today might have worked for somebody for 5, 10, 15 years, yeah. might have left a part of pension behind them. It's important that they get a pension consultation to know what to do with that part of money because it could be accessible from 50. So for argument's sake, we've helped clients access that tax-free cash at 50, 55, 56. They might clear the mortgage. They might clear debt. Now, it's not always ideal to do that, but mm. it might relieve some financial strain. So it's really important that those company pension plans can be accessible from 50 years of age if you want to do so. Um, I didn't listen this morning at self-employed. I mean, self-employed typically pay their tax in October for the previous year. They get a bill in from revenue. You can offer a lot of that money into a pension plan. So rather than paying oh, revenue, you yeah. put it into a pension plan, reduce your tax bill. Uh, because as self-employed, you're not going to have an employee. Employer, you are the employer. Yes. <laughs> no one's going to put the pension in place for you. Uh, okay, yeah. So, and you typically would use a personal pension plan is what most company pension, most uh, sorry, uh, self-employed will use. So to be honest, it is a bit complicated in the different structures, but they all do the same thing. It's about saving to retirement age, getting buckets of tax relief from the Irish Revenue Commissioners and just trying to pick a decent investment fund or not. You don't have to invest your pension. You can leave it sit in cash if you want. Mm. Now, with inflation being six to seven percent, yeah, you have to do that. But some people are very risk averse, and that's absolutely fine. You don't have to invest it. 
Yeah, uh, but this is where you come in, as you say, Paul, you're offering free consultation for people at the moment. Yeah, so on the Ask Paul website or Instagram page, you can for consultation. Uh, they're free, they're usually, fee, they're usually a fee-based service for our mm-hmm. pension consultations, but for this month, we're waiving the fees and we're picking up the tab for people just to kind of create awareness. Uh, but yeah, this is where we come in. We look at see where you are at the moment, what income tax you're paying, uh, but also it might be the case where if you have a married couple, one might be on the higher rate of income tax, one might be on the lower rate of income tax, so it's making sure you're funding the higher rate one because they get more tax relief. Um, and then helping people decide what their investment risk profile is, how they feel about investing, have they any experience, uh, and holding their hands through that process, setting them up, direct debits, paperwork, all the usual stuff. But uh, yeah, it's just so topical and it's, it's really needed. Oh, it's so needed. So, so needed. Because, you know, we, we <laughs> I always say this sort of stuff should be kind of dealt with a little bit in school because we're kind of sent off into yeah, the world. And you hear the term yeah. pension and you're like, what even is this? Absolutely. So just before I let you go as well, um, what are the implications then of, of, of early retirement uh, on a pension benefit? Like what should people consider before making that decision to retire early? Uh, the tax implications, actually. So when you retire a pension fund, typically speaking, you'll get 25% of a lump sum. Um, so let's say you had 300000 in the fund, you get 75000 out tax-free. And the remaining 225000 then is subject to income tax. So depending on whether you're married, uh, whether you're single, um, and then whether you're still going to have income on the side as a consultant, there's loads of things to be considered about when the best time to take a pension plan is. Uh, so I would really encourage anybody listening this morning that has either a company pension plan or a personal pension plan and are maybe 55 plus to reach out, take the free pension consultation to make sure all your ducks in a row before you go uh, mm-hmm. and make sure you understand what's needed. And like I said, sometimes it's best not to touch the pension. So if you have somebody that has maybe an investment property or a lot of cash in the bank, yeah. you're probably better off spending all your cash and then tackling your pension two or three layers later because that'd be way more tax efficient probably. Okay. So it's about looking at the overall financial situation as well. It's not just simply, I have a pension that's accessed. That could be a nightmare for you from a tax point of view. So it, it is really important to get really sound financial planning and pension advice before you access your pension plan. Fantastic, Paul. Thank you so much for all of that fantastic information that you've given us there this morning. Really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks a million. Paul Merriman there. Free consultation on the pension plan. You'd be mad not to take it. Askpaul.ie is the website. You can also find them on Instagram as well. The 11 to 1 show. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 Going back to this day in 1938 and Howard Hughes flies around the world in 91 hours and today is National Kitten Day. So cute and sweet there. The most delightful creatures on earth. Those who are already kitten or cat owners might take advantage to splurge them, buy them a new toy or update their little scratching posts or give them an extra fancy dinner that they love. Kitten Day today. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie there's the monkeys with Daydream Believer on LMFM's 11 to 1. News at 12 is approaching, but after that, a powerful film about violence against women and coercive control is premiering at Galway Film Flat. We're going to be chatting to the writer-director, Patricia Kelly. She's going to join us after 12. The 11 to 1 show. 
Another star struck on stage. The full story is on the way. Hello, I'm Harry. The best mix on LMFM. On air, online, on your smart speaker, this is LMFM. Harry Styles, as it was, kicking off our second hour. Sinead Brazel here with you. And Harry Styles is the latest celebrity hit in the eye with an object while performing on stage at Vienna in uh, the, the last couple of days. And we were talking about this last week. What is with this new, crazy, ridiculously stupid trend that is going the rounds at the moment where people think it's hilarious to throw things on stage at stars who are performing? And... You know, I know people are going to say, well, this is always sort of a thing, but I don't know. It's kind of, you know, ramping up now in the last little while. But apparently Harry Styles was hit in the the eye by an object thrown at him while he was performing on Saturday, making uh, this the latest incident. And there's video footage of this. And um, he really does flinch in pain when the object hits. He kind of bends over then and sort of, you know, ever this, the, 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 the showman continues on after that. Uh, he hasn't mentioned anything about it, but he, you know, this, he's constantly getting, you know, objects flung at him as well on stage. I think it was 2002. Uh, people like someone threw Skittles randomly someone else threw like a chicken nugget or something before as well but he really looked like he was really sore whatever was flung up on stage at him there at concerts recently Um, so much so that now even Adele was like do not attempt to throw anything at me if you think that that's going to go down well I I dare anyone to try and throw it at her now in fairness but it's just an alarmingly stupid trend that seems to be doing the rounds and it's just morons who want to get their five seconds of fame online if you ask me. Now let's see what else is happening in the world of celebrity. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Max Kane. Nicki Minaj says that performing on the Barbie movie soundtrack is a full circle moment. The rapper made the song Barbie World with Ice Spice. Here's what she had to say on the film's pink carpet. I'm so excited to be here and be a part of this entire moment. And I'm glad that they thought of me because I'm excited just like everybody else is excited to see this movie. How could they not think of you? I mean, it's right there, right? I know, I've been saying Barbie my whole career. And so it's a very full circle moment. Madonna has been spotted out and about in New York for the first time since she was in hospital. The singer was forced to postpone her celebration world tour due to her health issues. It's unknown what exactly caused the star to go to the hospital. Elton John has concluded his farewell Yellow Brick Road tour with one last performance in Stockholm. Elton says that although this was his final tour, he will still perform live. Here's what he had to say before his final song. We're ending it in the beautiful city of Stockholm in Sweden. Uh, my very first concert in Sweden was on the uh, 8th, 7th of July in 1971. So more or less 52 years ago to the day I first played in Stockholm. So, um, I would like to thank all the people who have been to so many multiple shows. That's The Buzz. I'm Max Kane. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM Ah, fair play to him, Elton John in The Buzz there. Now, getting a message here from Mark and we were talking about earlier on about the fact that uh, there's we don't have as many friends, real friends in the real world as opposed to online. And Mark has a good point. Many years ago, during the 90s, when I worked in a pub that also provided pub, food, coffee, that kind of thing, the weekend especially was always 
always busy with people reconnecting over coffee and scones, that kind of thing. No internet back then. Nobody knew what your business was. So they met to talk about their week or what was going on with them. People post it all online now, which also gives us a heads up to avoid meeting up if the topic online is a scratched record, he says. So meeting up regularly has lost its appeal. Yeah, the amount of times that I'm like, oh yeah, I saw you posting about that. Oh yeah, 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 I saw that photograph. It looked great, yeah, yeah. And then you're right, the conversation just sort of fizzles, doesn't it? Yeah, very good point, Mark. But, you know, it's it's worrying. It is worrying that we have more connections, uh, in adverted commas, online that we do in the real world. Thank you so much for your message there. Now back to the music, here's Bill Withers. There's Bill Withers, Lean On Me on LMFM's 11 to 1. Now I'm going to be chatting to writer and director Patricia Kelly. She has a fantastic film that is making its premiere at the Galway Film Flat. We're going to be chatting to her next. The 11 to 1 show. A powerful film about the impact of violence and coercive control and its effects on two very different women is having its world premiere at this year's Galway Film Flat. Written and directed by renowned Irish filmmaker Patricia Kelly with a very strong cast of talented actors, Verdigris tells the story of two very different women who become unlikely friends on the streets of inner city Dublin. And I'm delighted to be joined now by the talented writer and director behind the film. Patricia Kelly is on the line. Patricia, how are you getting on? I'm doing great tonight. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to see this film because, you know, whilst there is difficult uh, watching in places, it's beautifully told, really brilliant characters, stunningly shot. Congratulations. I can see why this was selected for for Galway Film Fly. You must be thrilled. Oh, we really are. Uh, the, the whole team now are delighted. We can't wait to get there now. Uh, this uh, We're heading this week and it, it uh, screens at 4.30 this Friday and uh, yeah, we're all really excited about it. We, we were very much hoping to um, to have our premiere at Galway uh, and we worked really hard to get it finished in time um, to submit and so so it's 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 excellent. Yeah, it's great, it's great news for the whole team. Oh, it totally is. Now, take us back to the inspiration behind this because you did weave aspects of your own experience when you worked as a census enumerator. That's right, yes. I've done, actually done it twice. Uh, and the first time I did it was in uh, 2016 and I was living in Dublin 1 at the time. And so I uh, I was given a route in Dublin 1 all around the north inner city and it was a really, I found it a hugely interesting experience. And it, 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 it inspired this. I, I, I uh, knew that I would write about it at some point. So when I when I came to write this, I, I wanted my first feature to be, I knew it was going to be a micro budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, so limited locations, small cast, that type of thing. Um, I, I, I knew that uh, coming back to that sense of story and the idea of, of a sense of enumerator um, meeting somebody that she wouldn't normally ever come across in her in her existence um, and, and, and a very special bond forming. I knew that that would be the right one to tell for this. Oh, totally. And it's a great way to frame the difficult themes that do, do come up in this, which I'm going to come back to in a second. But tell us a little bit about your own journey, because you started off acting, then you got the sensible job, Patricia, before you, that the lure <laughs> of filmmaking came to you again. <laughs> exactly. That's it. I, I started off as, out of school uh, acting and, and I studied acting uh, for a while and did that for a little while. But, you know, it's terrible hard to make ends meet yes. as an actor or any kind of creative, you know, yourself. Um, so then I, I uh, took some time and did exactly Exactly that. I, 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 you know, got my house and had my kids and things like that. And then I, I decided, actually, look, I really, really want to explore writing. So I um, went back to uh, to college as a mature student 
and I did a master's in screenwriting in IADT. And really oh, my college focus. as well. Fantastic yeah, college. Yeah, right. yeah. I really wanted to focus on the craft of screenwriting, which I love. I love studying it. It is such a great um, craft to study and, and to really get stuck into, you know. Um, and, and so I did that for a long time. But even at that, like, it's ter- it's, it's always difficult to get people to, to, to read your work, never mind producers oh, yeah. and all the rest. It is terribly difficult. So eventually, anyway... I just got. <laughs> I just said, okay, listen, it's, I either have to do this myself or or, uh, <laughs> or give it up. So I decided to do it myself and, and embarked on making making short films then and putting my teeth on those and, and 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 making all the mistakes that you can possibly make on those. Oh, that's what you have to do. And as you you allude to there, you're kind of a reluctant director, but you know <laughs> when you found yourself behind the camera, and I'm so glad you did. By the way, is it a decision that you look back on and say, oh, I actually was meant to do this? Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and of course, now, like like lots of things, you know, when you kind of find your feet at something, you think, oh, I wish I had done this sooner. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that that's just the way it is. Sometimes it, just, it takes some of us longer than others to figure out some things or to try some things or whatever, you know. Um, and, and actually, like, look, I mean, I, I'm all on for wisdom and maturity as well. And I, and, and that would be kind of one of the themes as well of the of the film really is, is how a lived experience, um, you know, how, how, how much we can kind of get from that. And, and how, how how richer our lives are by by having lived experience and, and understanding other people and ourselves a whole lot more because of it. Yeah, completely. And and you know the 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 as you mentioned there, you know the the experience that you're writing about here is two different women, um, very could not be any more polar opposite, but experiencing similar you know things around abuse, violence, coercive control, all that sort of stuff. So why did you feel it was vital to write about this? Um, I think that I think that sometimes you know if something like coercive control, you know, or people you know gaslighting. There's a lot about that at the moment and on social media. Yeah, but, um, it's one of those things that you know if you don't have bruises on your face or broken bones or something like that, it can it can really um, go 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 very much undetected and, and people really just don't know what's going on, you know, uh, uh, for, for other people and don't know what struggles that other people have. So I really wanted to just kind of explore that and I wanted to. Kind of, uh, I was trying to not have anybody be, you know, utterly bad or utterly mm. evil, um, and just kind of explore how some, sometimes people end up in, in in very controlling relationships and and, and how it might happen and, and how it, you know it can kind of increase over time and creep in on you and you don't realise what's happening until it's too late and you realise that actually every single thing that you do is criticised and you know that that you are being controlled and and, and you're quite oblivious to it until maybe somebody else points it out to you. And, you know, if that's somebody else, if somebody that you would think, my goodness, they're, they're the ones that would have the problems. But, um, you know, it, it maybe it, hit, it can hit home a little bit more then if, if somebody else is able to highlight it for you. Oh, completely. And this is kind of what happens with the two characters. So tell us about the plot, because we've got Marion and Jewel. They are the two central characters, both experiencing different challenges in their life. But like we say, they're they're both very opposite to each other. And particularly when they first meet, they don't have the... <laughs> They don't have the greatest of first meetings. Jewel gives her the finger initially. The start, yeah, she does. Yeah, Mary stands out a bit like a sore thumb. You know, she does. Kind of, she's she's mid middle aged, middle class coming into the north inner city to, to you know, put on her high-vis vest and, and, you know, get people to give her all their personal information on the census form. And and, and, and the, uh, the the residents aren't really that inclined, uh, including Jewel when she first meets her. She's just like, this is a waste of my time, you know, get yeah. out of my face. <laughs> it's, 
essentially. Um, but uh, but but Marion then we very quickly we realised she's actually not a pushover and she's got a few tricks up her sleeve as well. And she basically starts to realise actually this young one is living by herself and probably shouldn't be. She's underage. She's not eighteen. There's no sign of uh, where she might be getting money from. There's no sign of anyone looking after her. She had you know bruised face and and, and cuts mm. and things like that. So she figured there's something else going on. So anyway, in order to try and help the young girl uh, and get a little help herself, she strikes a deal with her. And she tells her that she won't uh, tell uh, her supervisors that this young woman is living by herself and is in trouble um, if, she, if she helps her with the census. So she, uh, she, she gets her to, to, get, to, get, to show her how to get people to actually open the doors to her, what to say to them and so on. So they literally open the door and cooperate in the, in the census um, process. And so along the way, then, they, they, they develop this, uh, friendship and they learn a lot about each other and how they can help each other. Yeah, and it's really, really beautifully well played out with regards to that. I loved the opening shots of this because you have Marion's cards and flowers. She's, you know, retired from her, her, or she's been kind of forced to retire, I suppose. And then you have that stern, I don't want to say completely menacing voice of of the husband, Nigel, but, you know, he's sort of telling her what's what. And he tells us so much about the character, that little bit in seconds. Like, that's so skillful, Patricia, to be able to do that. Thank you. Thanks very much. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the craft of, of, of screenwriting, you know, to be able to get an awful lot across uh, with, with very, very little. You know, you have to be very sparse, really, with your information, but have it all totally clear. Allow the audience to, you know, make their own connections and, and, and figure things out themselves um, without, without kind of spoon-feeding it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and setting characters up and their dy- dynamics and their, their, their struggles and their conflicts and things like that. Uh, you know, up, up as, as early as possible, and, and so on, so that people can find their feet with the story and the characters, and then and then follow along. Yeah, and that's and then you know you move then to so you have this lovely sort of warm light, um, you know, of of Marion. Then you're transported to the to the gloomy streets, and we meet Jewel, and she's literally bloody and beaten. So you have this kind of contrast between light and dark, moving between both characters all the time, which I find really effective, like that scene with Jewel. But also you've got dim light, or sometimes she's in shadow, isn't she, Marion? And then sometimes Jewel's in very stark, harsh light. Was that very deliberate as well? It was basically what I discussed with myself and, and the DOP, Tanya Freeman, discussed this a lot, as we did also with our, our, our colorist and our production designer and so on. But basically, we, we, we kind of considered that we had four main locations, two interior, two exterior, and the two interior being the inside of Marion's house mm-hmm. and the inside of Jules' house. And we wanted them to be very different from each other, have very different feels. For a start, there's decades between them, maybe 50 years, uh, you know, between them. So, they're, they're, you know, they're, 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 the aesthetic of their home environment will be very diff- uh, different. But similarly as well, you know, the, the, uh, the rural uh, Dublin, uh, yeah. you know, especially in the leafy suburb, it does, of course, look very different. And it has a very different feel to the north or to any inner city. And that. so, again, we were playing with darks and lights and, you know, cold colours and concrete and leafy greens and things like that. But what we were, what we were trying to do the whole time is, is not have anything be black and white, that basically show that, you know, the, 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 in the lovely leafy suburb actually is where the, the mm. worst of the control is, whereas you might automatically think it's going to be in the, the cold, harsh concrete environment. But that isn't the case. That's what we're playing with in the story. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of play with that, which I thought was just brilliant. Now, talk to me about this amazing cast, because people will recognise lead actresses straight away. Geraldine McAlinden, she was in Bad Sisters, and Maya played Jenny in Normal People. I mean, both fantastic selections for this, because you've got Geraldine, who's just like 
so soft in one way um, but so kind of strong in another way and then you've got Maya who can move this kind of between kind of childlike and then very mature and adult like in, in, in sort of very short spaces of uh, shot you know Yes yeah yeah absolutely the pair of them are just fantastic I mean all, all of the cast have, have done beautiful work in this but, but these two are absolutely special and uh, I, I, I knew that they'd be fantastic when they when they came together their, 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 their dynamic is terrific and it's exactly that, that that they change a lot like uh, you know Marion does kind of seem at first she seems a bit invisible and a bit of a pushover mm. things like that but she absolutely has hidden strength and knows how to kind of um, stand up for herself when, when she has to and similarly because you know we find out and discover that Jewel was, was abandoned as a, as a, as a young uh, teen mm. and basically had to kind of survive so she built up this very tough exterior that you'd be a little scared of really when you yeah. first meet her but you of would. course she's so many layers of softness and loveliness uh, underneath and she does go from being kind of a stroppy teen to having a very um, sensible wise head on her shoulders you know to back to at other times feeling like a kid again and yeah. it's lovely it's lovely to watch and, and yeah both Geraldine and Maya have just brought such such gorgeousness uh, to the to the film altogether. They're 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 lovely to watch in every scene. Oh, they really are. They really are. So you know that we mentioned there. This is the first feature film. So very different from shooting shorts. What challenges did you face on set? Like, and and what did you take away from the experience? Because no doubt there was challenges. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We had a, a very tight um, uh, time frame. We, we, we shot in 15 days, which for anyone that doesn't know is, is a very short amount of time for an entire feature film. And we saw they were long days and we, we squeezed a lot into them. And we only managed it because everybody um, put a huge amount of work in uh, into preparation. You know, the actors were all very well rehearsed. And, you know, we were really comfortable with the character and with, with each other and all of the, the HODs, all the heads of the department, you know, put in a huge amount of prep as well. So that we were really able to just kind of hit the ground running on the, 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 the 16th of January when, when we started shooting um, for, for three weeks. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was, it, I suppose just, you know, keeping keeping uh, an eye on, on, on the story um, the whole time, but, but m- making sure that everybody was able to contribute as much as they, as fully as they as they wanted to and as they could. Um, that's always kind of tricky, especially over a long period, like, yeah. like, a, like a feature shoot, you know, to make sure everyone's still making the same film. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but, but, but that everybody is properly able to, 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 to explore within their the, the job to the absolute best of their ability. Yeah, and that's what I love about the filmmaking process because what's on the script isn't not necessarily exactly what's visualised, maybe. No. And and things change. And like you say, it's a very collaborative process. So people go, I feel that she will do this in this scene or this will look this way in this scene. Yeah, and you have to be open mm-hmm. to an extent to that. Absolutely. So it's heading for Galway this week. It's a huge deal. Tell people, why is it so important to secure a screening at the Galway Film Flat in particular? Uh, festival uh, for, for a start it's kind of one of the big ones um, and but it's also just so much fun as well it's just if nobody, if anybody hasn't been there they should absolutely come along it's a great festival and there's lots of really interesting um, industry events as well and there's just an incredible lineup of, of, of great films uh, that are being shown but there's always just such a great buzz about the place and most of the cast and crew will be able to come to our, our screening on Friday which is fantastic so we'll have a lovely little reunion, reunion. Yeah. Yeah, and it helps those well then going forward for other film festivals and that. It really gives a stamp of approval. Oh, it does. It, it really and does. There, so, and, and yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, as well as that, this, this film is up for a couple of awards, which is really exciting. 
It is, it is, yeah. Uh, so we, we have the award ceremonies on uh, Sunday evening and uh, Maya, who plays Jewel, is is uh, one of those up for uh, the New Talent Award, the Binham Ray Talent Award and, and, and she's up for that. And I, I Certainly, I think she deserves to, <laughs> deserves to win. I oh, think she does. Fantastic. She, she absolutely does. And, you know, after Galway then, is there talk of the movie being screened or other festivals or what happens then? Yeah, so we're 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 waiting for official word on on other festivals. But mm-hmm. We've gotten some some very good, uh, you know, kind of unofficial kind of winks and nods and Brilliant. so on. So so we're 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 looking forward to soon enough being able to share further news with people. Uh, so yeah, I would I would I would expect it'll it'll uh, be in some more festivals in Ireland and and abroad as well. And then uh, hopefully in, in a short amount, short enough amount of time, hopefully it might be on, on wider release then. A theatrical release would be lovely. Well, that would be great. That's the goal, absolutely. So do I ask what's next, Patricia? Because I do know how difficult yeah. it is getting the movie to this stage and, and, yeah. and all of that. But no doubt you do have another project in, in mind, do you? I do. Actually, I have another another feature that I actually originally thought was going to be um, my, my first feature. But when I started to really kind of work on it, you know, in terms of the pre-production, and so on, I realised, oh, it just needs a little bit of a bigger budget than, than Verdigree did. So I put that to the side for the moment. So I'm back to that one now and uh, we, we try and move that one forward and get that shot in as soon as it can be shot. Oh, well, listen, this is the great calling card that no doubt will help that one get made. Patricia, I wish you the best of luck with it. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Sinead. It's brilliant. Lovely to, to chat with you again. I really appreciate it. No problem at all. Lovely to chat with you as well. Patricia Kelly, wishing her all the very best. So the movie is going to screen at the Galway Film Fla Friday, this coming Friday, 4.30pm in Galway's iconic Town Hall uh, Theatre as well. There's a Q&A afterwards, which I love as well, where you can get all the nitty gritty into it and, and sort of find out what's going on behind the scenes as well. So that's going to happen on Friday. The 11 to 1 Show. Someone asking, is the power off all over town? I'm in Castle Manor, no power in the last five minutes. Well, there was something that happened definitely because I was plunged into darkness here myself a little while ago. But um, it seems to be that there is something going on there. There's a fault kind of around dry bridge uh, according to powercheck esbnetworks.ie if you do if you can get in, internet on your phone maybe you can check it there powercheck uh, esbnetworks.ie if you put in your air code in there it'll give you sort of updates but I'm looking here on the map and there seems to be some sort of fault there in the retail park dry bridge sort of area um, I don't know when things are going to be fixed or what's going to happen there. It's obviously to do with the weather, I would say. But um, yeah, there does seem to be anything. uh, So so something to be a power off situation. So if you are in the similar situation and you know more, maybe let me know. 086-1800-658. Jeremy Kennedy with Kiss Me and LMFM's 11 to 1. Music from Green Day on the way. But first, it's time to check in with the job search. LMFM Job Search with Local Heroes backed by Board Gosh Energy Win All-Ireland Senior Hurling Final Tickets with new boiler installations T's and C's apply See localheroes.ie Headford Arms Hotel Kells are recruiting both the part and full-time qualified chefs To apply, please email your CV to olivia at headfordarms.ie Terry Glen Residential Care Services are looking to recruit full-time social carers in Cavan, Louth and Westmeath areas. To apply, please email recruitment at terryglen.ie. Meath Local Sports Partnership require an office administrator for one-year maternity cover. To apply, please send a cover letter and CV to mary.murphy at meathcoco.ie. 
The City Bin Co. requires HGV drivers for their Dublin team to apply. Please email careers at citybin.com. Don't forget all of the details of those jobs can be found on our local job search on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search with Local Heroes backed by Gosh Energy for gas boilers, heat pumps and electric vehicle charge point installation. Visit localheroes.ie Dundalk 8 Covers have announced the return of its annual Pride Festival. So it's a week-long festival starting today and there's lots of different events for all ages. So they've had the launch uh, today at the Louth County Museum. There's a two-part panel discussion as well that's going to be uh, on. Everyone's welcome to join them from 3 to 5pm and there's going to be refreshments as well. That's going to be followed by Rainbow Rhythms Open Mic Night. That's in Russell's tonight from 7.30pm. Then the Food House Clembrassel Street is the venue for an out of the closet coffee morning that's set tomorrow from 10am sorry 10.30am until 12 noon so 10.30am until 12. Then the country's longest running youth pride returns on Wednesday from 10am to 6 in the Redeemer Family Resource Centre. So this is a free event welcoming young people aged 12 to 17 to join with uh, LGBTQ people uh, from Loud, Mead, Cavan and Monaghan. They can make new friends, do arts and crafts, lots of stuff going on there. Then a pride across the world is happening on Thursday in Dundalk Library from 6 to 7. So there's going to be speakers from across the globe discussing their lives uh, as LGBTQ people. There is no charge for this event and there's also going to be bingo and banter in the townhouse as well from 9 to 11 and the bingo books there are 5 euro and also Louth County Library is going to host their Pride in the Library events on Friday uh, the 14th from 3.30 onwards as well and to culminate everything the Dundalk Family Pride Day returns to Market Square on Saturday that's this coming Saturday from 12 until 6 so lots happening Dundalk outcomers if you follow them on social media you can find out all of the details there that's the cores with Breathless. Just before I go, I want to tell you about two very interesting guests we have on tomorrow's show. I'm going to be chatting to Geraldine Connolly and Paula Herbert. They run mygirlsguiney.com. So they have combined their, I suppose, expertise and they've created this resource for mothers and their daughters, bringing together medical and holistic education on girls' gynae health. So they are going to be joining us on tomorrow's show and they have an online course as well about periods and they want to kind of change the narrative around actually introduce the narrative let's be honest in the first place around girls periods and gynecological issues that sort of stuff so they're going to be joining me on tomorrow's show that is my lot on the show for today thank you so much for your company hopefully I've pepped you up a little bit in this horrible Monday (laughs) but hopefully the weather will be nicer uh, towards the uh, end of the week and as things go on but for now thank you so much for joining me I'll chat to you tomorrow The 11 to 1 show 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.